Yeah, Rob, I, I was hoping that you could you could convince me that I shouldn't buy this analog uh, SNES. I call it SNES. I know that over in the UK you call it SNES. Uh, we do. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, this is analog is a company that has made this incredibly nicely designed uh, console for SNES games. It's it's actually you know it's not an emulator or anything like that. It is physical hardware with a game slot in it and it's just barely wider than the than the cartridges themselves and they are designed at least some of them are designed to to imitate kind of the classic consoles but you know both the North American version and I think the Super Famicom version and uh, it's $190 without any controllers the controllers are done by they have special ones from 8-bit Dio um yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it's probably a bit Dio. Yeah, yeah, and it looks, you know, it looks fantastic. Uh, I still have my SNES. I actually still have the console, so that I'm not sure why I'm even considering buying this, other than it look, <laughs> other than it looks really nice and it's tiny. Uh, plus, it does have HDMI, so there's that. I mean, you don't have to, you know, you can make the old consoles work with HDMI. You just need to get the right adapters, but. It is kind of nice that it's all like one self-contained package that's tiny and has H- HDMI built right in. Oh, I really want the black one. Yeah, the black one is um, nice, isn't it? It looks really nice. I like the white one too a lot. The one that's it's it's a hundred percent white. Everything on it is white. There's that one. Oh yeah, that's pretty. They had a clear one. I mean, but the clear one, the transparent one, is sold out. I think. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I kind of want. I, the thing is, this is one of those things I think that you think, oh yeah, this would be great. And then you start playing these games and they're kind of okay, but you're <laughs> never, they just don't hold up that well. No, they don't. And I have the, uh, you know, the SNES Classic and, and the NES Classic too. And and I really don't play them very often. But I did still buy some wireless controllers this week for Christmas gifts for my kids because one of the biggest problems was over the holidays I set up the NES one upstairs in the living room and the cords are so short even on you know the, the I guess the original ones were the shortest ones and they made them longer with the Super Nintendo version but but even so they're still so short you can't sit on the couch you have to kind of like sit on the floor with your neck craned up looking at the TV it's terrible so I got the wireless ones which I'm looking forward to trying out yeah, it's um, I I played a little bit of the you know a bunch of the NES games that they've got on the uh, Nintendo Switch Online stuff, yep. um, and I'm sure somebody else has said this on a podcast before, but these games just aren't that good. Like, don't get me wrong, like Mario, that kind of stuff, like a lot of the platformers still kind of hold up pretty well, right? But then some of the games are just a bit like, yeah, this is really bad. Sort of, you know, twenty twenty five years later. Um, yeah, it's and then we kind of get that weird middle ground. Like, you go from to like the the N sixty four and the PS one. Like, those games just look terrible. Um, you know, <laughs> those are never going to look good. Yeah, part of it. Um, I mean, in the early days of three D, that those games were they didn't really know how to do it well, and the and the graphics weren't really there yet. The systems weren't there yet. So some those are some of the worst in some respects, I suppose. It's the the SNES games, I think, that hold up re- better than uh, the earlier ones. I mean, they probably there's they're more classics amongst that that collection, I think, than anything else. Yeah, I, I booted up my uh, my Master System recently, um, 
Did you get the Master System in the US? That was the one before the Genesis. No, no. From what Sega. I mean, it, it was it was just the the console that Sega made before oh. the the Genesis or the Mega Drive, as it was called in the in Europe. Right, um, I didn't know that. Huh. And uh, yeah, and I tried it out, and it has some kind of like motorbike racing game. It might be Sega Hang On or Lock On or something. Uh-huh. And it's like you know, it's trying to look three D. And it just looks awful. Like nobody wants. To, you don't want to play this game because it just looks so bad. Yeah. Um, you know, because exactly what you were saying. Like they were trying to do 3D, but they didn't really. They didn't have the power or the the experience to be able to make these games look even remotely good. Right. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where I've spent enough money lately. I probably ought to just close this tab and never come back. But. Uh, something about it it just keeps you know polygon did a big a big feature article about it it was really interesting about how much care went into the design of the hardware and the and the casing and everything and i don't know the more i read about it the more i wanted one so now i, I just closed the tab i i will that, that's all i'm going to say about it for now but but when we come i mean back, you can have it the, you can have the best of both worlds you can spend your money and send it to me oh so then you'll feel like you've bought something there we go it is it is it is the uh the christmas time of the year so i, sh- I should probably do that so that's like the most expensive thing to do is buy buy that here and then ship it over to uh the uk all right oh yeah that would uh yeah that wouldn't be good so what should we what else do you want to talk about uh, let's have a look on the list, shall we? Given that this is our last one of the year, yeah, that's a good thing. That's worth um, noting. I mean, we're going to take a little time off. I know you're doing some traveling, and I am taking a break from pretty much everything I work on. Like App Stories will have a two week break, Club Mac Stories has a two week break. I'll still be writing on Mac Stories as things happen, but uh, you know, all the all the scheduled stuff is kind of out of the way for at least a couple of weeks between Christmas and New Year. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna. Be, I'm looking forward to a bit of a break. Not not particularly from this. You know, this doesn't take up a huge amount of our time. Right. Um. You know, but it's nice to just sort of get away and not think about anything. Exactly. Um. You know, but usually, typically, we've always done sort of favorite things of the year. Um. You know, you've mentioned favorite game, and I said to you before we start recording, I haven't played that many games this year. Um. But I th- I think Spider Man is my favorite game. Uh, like Red Dead's pretty close. But I still think I had more fun with Spider-Man because it, you know, it's just a more fun game. Yeah, I think I would have to agree with you on that. I, I've been back and forth on this in my mind as to which one of those I like better. I, I Red Dead is just so kind of it just looks so good and is, but but overall, I mean, thinks you know, with Spider-Man to have fun, all you really have to do is swing around around the buildings. You don't even have to really play the game, and it's still it's <laughs> yeah. still fun, you know. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like I say it's not that I do, you know I loved Red Dead, um, you know, and I'm sure I'll play it again soonish. But yeah, I think Spider Man overall was just a lot more. Uh, it's definitely the one I think I'm going to come back to more often. Yeah, yeah, it is replayable. I mean, there are aspects of it that are maybe a little repetitive in some of the missions and things, but it's still it still feels a little fresh whenever I open it up and start playing again, and then you realize, oh, this is why why I like this so much. Last time I last time i played it yeah definitely and i think uh it this leads nicely into what might be my favorite movie of the year oh, I, well, yeah i want um, to hear about this guy saw you tweet about this movie yeah um so spider-man into the spider-verse 
um, which is it's sort of loosely based off of um, an event that Marvel did in the comics a few years ago, uh-huh. um, and it's multiple dimensions, and there's all different sort of versions and alternate realities of Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, and a bunch of other sort of stuff. And I think I was reading with the movie that they'd they'd done all the scenes you know, digitally, as you would expect. And then they finished a lot of them off by hand to sort of get the effect that they've they've got. I don't know. Oh, no. Did you actually manage to go and see the movie? No, or I didn't. is it just the trailers yeah, you've seen no, so Yeah, no, I far? didn't actually see it. I, I've seen the trailer, though. Yeah, so you know that kind of... the You know, they're, they're trying to make it look like a comic book. Um, right. Which, you know, whether they did that or not, I can't really say. Like, you know, there was a lot of cool things in the movie i wouldn't say i thought oh this is just like a comic book like obviously it's a very different medium um but the, just the, it's so so pretty to look at um and it's just so much fun uh, I, I ended up going by myself because uh, jess didn't want to go and uh, it was basically just me and you know like 20 other kids basically just parents <laughs> with their kids taking them to a spider-man movie um so when i booked my seat i sort of booked it at the back out the way so I didn't end up like sitting next to a family or something. Um, but yeah, it was really, really good. Oh, that, and to be honest, if I had time, I would go and see it again. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, I I didn't realize. I guess it actually is opening this weekend officially, at least in the United States. Uh, and that last weekend was here very limited. Like I looked, I think after I saw you tweet, because you went on like a Friday or something, I think. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I went on Saturday morning. Okay. And I, yeah, so I saw you tweet that, and I got online and, and looked to see where it was showing around me. And there were probably only four or five theaters in the whole Chicago area that that were showing it that weekend. And the Saturday one was already sold out. And Sunday there was, like, one showing, but it just happened to be, like, I don't know, like five or six miles from my house. But it was just, I had just too much going on last weekend to do that last minute. So, and since it's opening this weekend anyway, I figured I'd wait. And, oh, you know, my two of my older two sons will be home soon. So maybe they'll want to see it too. So I'll probably either go this weekend or next. Yeah, the the release was a bit strange because it, in the, even in the UK, it officially came out yesterday. Okay. Um, you know, the, the 12th of December, that's the release date. And then I saw they had this early screening on the Saturday, and they had two. There was one at like 2.30 and one sort of later on in the afternoon, so I booked the 2.30 one. Um, and then the day I was going, I just went on the website just to confirm the, the time. Yeah. And they'd added another like 10 screenings on the Saturday and like another 10 on the Sunday. Oh, wow. Um, so I can only assume that they just sort of sold so many tickets, although the one I was in, there was only maybe 20 or 30 people in there, which is a bit odd. Um but yeah, they they'd added a bunch of screenings, even though it's like you know it was nearly a week away before it was officially supposed to be released. Yeah, it really snuck up on me in that sense because I didn't expect it to be out because I had heard when it was coming out and I didn't expect it until I saw you talking about it. Um, and I've seen the trailer a couple of times in in the theater. I mean, this has been they've been you know pushing this for a while now, and it does look like a lot of fun. I just uh, uh, haven't had a chance to see it just yet. Yeah, and they've they've already announced sequels and spin-offs that they're doing. Um, it's it's not even really out yet. Yeah, I, I, I they're already announcing sequels at some point too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm looking forward to. Like I say, I'm going to try and see it again if I get a chance. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe in the new year when I'm back, if it's still at the cinema, I might go back and see it. Yeah, well, that that makes sense. 
Rob, I I assume you saw the news from a couple of days ago that Infinity Blade is pulled from the App Store by I think it's Epic that makes that game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I saw this, and you know the the game itself, I, I wasn't particularly bothered about. I mean, I you know I've seen it in enough demos uh, to, right. to know what this game does. Um, but I I think this sort of this is that weird thing where like that's it now. Like nobody can play that game again. I mean, obviously they're not pulling it off anybody's devices. Right. Um, right. If you bought it, you can you know, still go into your purchases and do a search and, and download it again. But they're not they're not developing it anymore, so no one can get no one who's never had it before can get it. And eventually, it'll just break because there'll be some OS update that that breaks the game, or you know, or a screen size that it just doesn't work on properly. That sort of thing. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a shame because uh, you know I I've, I mean you've you've you know seen pictures of my massive game collection, right? Um, you know, which a lot of the time is because I want to keep them because I want to play those games again. You know, even if they are. 10 20 years old or whatever um you know and there's a lot of decent games that come out for ios and then you know this happens um you know a lot of the a lot of the original games that came out you know on app store launch like uh what's the paper toss and super monkey ball that right. kind of stuff like you know where have they gone well they're you know they're dead now you can't can't necessarily play those if they haven't been updated yeah um, this is an you interesting... know, which is a bit of a shame go ahead yeah i just you know it's just a shame that like you know, say somebody came to the iPhone, you know, switched to an iPhone now, and like, oh yeah, there was this really good game, you know, ten years ago <laughs> that you can't play anymore, yeah. even though it would be really good now. It's an interesting case because it's a historically important game in the sense that these were games that were very clearly used by Apple to show off the graphics of the of the devices when when they were released, right? So it was they were they're important to Apple as a company, and they did. Put, really push the graphics uh, when each of them was released. I mean, maybe not so much today if you played them, but but if you played them when they were originally released, they did. And I, I can't say I was surprised, though. I mean, over the summer when we did the 10th anniversary coverage for the App Store at Mac Stories, one of the things I did was I looked at the history of iOS gaming, and Federico also did an article about uh, game preservation, which is what you really the point you're making, which is a shame that these games, which are historically important on some level and good, just playing good games, just aren't available for anyone to play anymore uh, if they're if they're new to them. Um, but the other thing that I noticed when I was doing the research on the history of of gaming on uh, iOS was that Epic has had a really a really sorted history i guess with with ios and and its games i mean there's a there's a a quote back in 2011 um that the one of the head people at, at epic was saying that you know basically free-to-play games were killing gaming on ios and there was no money to be made in upfront paid games which this is what these games were so i'm not surprised in the sense that on the one hand epic had Infinity Blade and I don't know what other other games they might have had on iOS and they really didn't perform very well and so they're getting out of that and what are they replacing it with? They're replacing it with Fortnite. Uh, Fort- Everything is Fortnite now. Right. <laughs> Fortnite which is completely free to play and is available on iOS and as of about a week ago can do 60 frames per second on an iPad Pro which is pretty remarkable for an online game like that but uh, it, 
you know, that's that's really in a nutshell what iOS gaming has become to a large degree. There are still really good paid up front indie games, and um, those are the games that I personally prefer most of the time. But when you're talking about kind of these mass audience big studio games, you're not we don't see games like Infinity Blade almost ever anymore, where it's just a paid up front, here's the game, play it, and you're done. Yeah, I mean like you know, one of the things you mentioned before we started recording was the uh the new Tony Hawk game. Um right. for, for like you know, that that's another it, it's free to play. And yet, you know, you look at the history of the, the Tony Hawk games and you know, they got a pretty standard formula, certainly certainly for the first sort of four or five games. You know, it's not it's not something that inherently needed to be free to play. Like I'm sure they were capable of making a decent game for iOS, but as you say, you know, a lot of the big developers know this now. They can't just charge five pound or ten pound or you know even higher than that as a one-off cost on iOS because people just won't buy it. Or, or not enough people will buy it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is I mean there's still a lot of people buying these games, but but for a big studio, it's it's still not enough. I mean, you know, they Nintendo had the same problem with the the Mario game they brought to iOS. They weren't happy with how that went. I mean, if it was an indie developer, they would have been ecstatic at the sales of that game. But it was paid up front, other than a handful of free levels, and it it just didn't do well enough because that's just not the model that works on mobile which is it's interesting because people are willing to pay 50 60 dollars for a console game but on iOS or I mean Android for that matter I mean iOS are probably more willing to spend than on Android even but uh, neither one of those platforms is really known for paid up front games no it's um as you say you know I I'm perfectly willing to spend 50 pound on a new game for PS4, Xbox, Switch, whatever, um, but it would have to be something really special for me to pay that on iOS. Um, it, it, there's just no world in which I would be paying that much for a game, no matter how good the game was. Me personally, I don't think I would pay that. Yeah, um, you know, maybe it's I, I think I even the console even, yeah, and that kind of stuff. But even the paid up front games on iOS. An expensive game is five or six or seven dollars, right? I mean, you don't really see the only one that I comes to mind for me of a big name paid up front game that's more expensive is like I think Sid Meier's Civilization Civ Five or Civ Four came out, and that was like twenty some dollars, twenty five, twenty six dollars. Yeah, I remember that being sort of pretty big news that somebody had decided to charge more than five five dollars for a game. <laughs> I wonder how that's working out for them. I suspect not very well. Yeah, I would imagine not. I think that you know they'll sell it to the the people who are really into that game, um, and then you know they're not going to sell many copies at that kind of price. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that that game has probably a huge built-in audience because it's it's a franchise that's been around for a long time. But you could say the same thing about you know Mario uh, and Nintendo coming to the platform and they weren't happy. So hard to know. <laughs> yeah, hard to if, know. If Mario and Nintendo can't make money that they're happy with, um, but again, as you said, if that was an indie developer. You know, me or you would be quite happy with the money they made from Mario Jump. <laughs> I think we would. Uh, I think we'd be retiring on that money. Yeah, well, this would definitely be the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're not. You know, for I was when we started this podcast, I thought before long I'll be retiring on my ruminate income, and it just hasn't worked out. I'm. I'm I don't understand why. I suppose it's because we don't have any ads. 
Well, yeah, that that might be the problem. <laughs> that is a little bit of a problem. Um, I thought you were just supposed to be able to make money from podcasts. Do we not get the checks? Yes, or? you talk into a microphone and money falls from the sky. That's that's pretty much how it works. Is at least that's what they that's what they told me when I signed up for this job. Oh, I see. Okay, well, I think we've made a mistake somewhere. <laughs> we did. We made a very large mistake. Well, I guess we got to keep going though, because you never know. The money might just start falling out of the tree. I don't know. Um, yeah, you never know. Yeah. So, did I tell you that I've, I'm I'm rearranging my workspace yet again? What are you, What are you doing now? Well, <laughs> sorry, I sounded like a disappointed parent. Then, yeah. what have you done? <laughs> well, I've taken over a larger portion of my basement because I need a work table. So I got I went to IKEA and I got just a simple desk that has wheels on the bottom. And that way I can put it up against the wall. I can bring it out perpendicular to my desk. It's a special projects area. Uh, and it's going to be where I do more like the pr- product photography and stuff like that for Mac stories. So I wanted to, I'm just so far, all it, all it, all it really encompasses is this additional desk, but I've been out buying up photography equipment and, it may become a little bit of a a little bit of a uh, photography studio over the course of the next couple of weeks over the holidays. That's what I'm thinking about doing. Oh, that actually sounds pretty cool. I think did you post a picture of this somewhere, or maybe you sent it to me? I don't. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I may have. I've been. I've been a little bit. <laughs> I feel um, like I've seen a picture of this. <laughs> yeah, I've been maybe teasing it a teeny bit, but I haven't spent a lot of time talking about it. Mainly because I haven't really 100 percent decided exactly what for what purpose this is. This is less a particular project of that I'm working on than a way to, I guess, broaden some of the stuff that I work, you know, make, make some of the stuff I already work on better by having good photography and, and that sort of thing. So we'll see, we'll see. It's just, you know, it's a start. It gives me something to do. I may even do kind of a, uh, an overhead camera rig that I have designed in my head that will be bolted to the ceiling, which I'm sure when Jennifer first sees that, she'll probably have a little bit of a something to say about it. But I think I'm going to just do it anyway. I think you should live stream when your family see what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like it's going to be like pipes coming out of the ceiling that I can clamp things to and and do overhead shots of products and stuff. We'll, we'll see. It'll be cool. I think I think you're about two weeks away from getting some uh, thunder and lightning uh, audio to just just play while you're wandering around the uh, the basement. Yeah, there you go. I'll never have to leave again. I mean, it's you know it's getting kind of cozy down here, and in, it's winter this year. I've got a space heater, which is good. I mean, uh, it gets pretty cold down here, so <clears throat> at least I have that going for me this year. Yeah, it's getting pretty cold here now. Um, you know, I've had to I had to get gloves, and I bought a hat. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> which is not something I normally do because it doesn't normally get this cold, but it's uh, it's getting pretty cold pretty quickly. And, of course, I'm traveling to New York soon, um, and New York is even colder. It is so going to be, be interesting. Yeah, it'll probably be very cold in New York. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it's been like there lately. It tends to be milder than Chicago, but... Uh, but they do occasionally have some crazy snowstorms and, and a lot of wind, and you're right on the water, so you know it, it can get pretty cold. Yeah, well, that'd be fine. It'd be it'd be fun anyway. Yeah, that, that sounds good. Cool. So that's probably about it. I think not just for this episode, but for the year. Wow, a whole another year gone. Another another year in the can. Well, that's good. We'll be back early in 2019. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll sort that out uh, off air. At some point, um, as you say, we're both going to go and relax, take take a break, 
and just just enjoy the holidays and uh and yeah we'll be back back in a few weeks i guess sounds good enjoy the holidays